Welcome to the RentBits Rental Talk podcast, where we interview thought leaders within the rental and real estate industry, discuss current rental market trends, and get their thoughts on how to grow a successful real estate business. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Here's your host, Dan Doherty. Welcome to another episode of RentBits Rental Talk. I am your host, Dan Doherty. And today we have Smith Tanny, who everyone calls Smitty, on the line. Smitty, thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. So, so you and I met, oh gosh, I think probably 2012, six years ago, at the Founders Institute here in Denver. Um, were you working on RoomDoc, your current your current company then, or or is RoomDoc uh, from a couple of years after? So uh, I took a, a little break after the Founder Institute. Uh, so I started it in 2014. So it was just a napkin idea at the time, and it took me about one year, and we officially launched in 2016. 2016 and your story is so inspirational i wanted you to share your story with our audience but you uh, you know with hard work dedication you have built a, a relatively nice sized business with very little resources in fact um can you tell us a story of of, of when you came out here from indonesia um the 1998 riots that you can talk about and really, what was the turning point that changed your life? And how did you get to where you are today with RoomDoc, which we'll talk more about um, in the next couple of minutes? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I came to the United States um, for one-year exchange student program. And, uh, you know, I was placed in Vermont uh, with my wonderful host family. And I didn't really envisioning to... Uh, stay in the United States, you know, I thought it was just for one year, you know, exchange student program. Uh, but a few weeks before I was about to be back home, uh, I remember I got a call from my mom one night. It was, uh, you know, a few weeks before I was about to go home and she said, um, Smitty, they uh, burned our home in everything that we had to the ground. And I just couldn't believe what I heard. Um, I was about 5,000 miles away from home. And, you know, as a high school student, I, <laughs> there wasn't much I could do at a time to help my family. So uh, I had basically was left with, with uh, two options to to stay and survive in the United States uh, at a young, very young age or to go home and, you know, risk everything <laughs> that I had. So, you know, I decided to uh, come to Colorado um, with, you know, very little money. I think I remember I had about $200 at a time uh, wow. in my pocket when I came to Colorado. I remember standing at a Greyhound bus stop in downtown Denver, shivering, you know, wasn't sure where I was going to go. Uh, and it was <laughs> such a scary moment for me at the age of 19 years old, um, barely able to speak any English. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Lucky a family uh came along and um helped me out. So that was um how I came to Colorado. And you know, I was struggling for quite a few years when I came to Colorado with very, very little resources. Um but you know, um with the hard work and persistence and never give up 
you know, attitude that I had, uh, I was able to uh, finish my school in, uh, you know, bachelor degree in computer science. So I was able to land a job at a very young age. I think I was 20 years old when I got my job as a software engineer at a time in Colorado. And, you know, I uh, basically um, just stay in the industry for, you know, the last 18 years. Uh, so, and then, you know, in 2014, I decided that, you know, it was time to uh, branch out and try something new. And I remember my hardship, my struggles when I came here. And after some interview with few international students, I found that they are going through the same struggles that I had when I was when I came here. Uh, so my passion in uh, software development in real estate, because I also own some rental properties and I really enjoy um, renting out my house to my tenants. Uh, so I just had combinations between my struggle, hardship experiences, uh, you know, my, my love for uh, software development and real estate, uh, combined those three together, uh, RoomDoc idea was born. Uh, so it was funny because I had um, went out with my friend one night and uh, we were just talking about, hey, you know, we've been in the industry for, for some time now. What are, are we going to do with our life? You know, so we decided to go for a little weekend hackathon. <laughs> so I chose RoomDoc and he chose, uh, I think it was a different idea that he had at the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a, a basic framework that, that we that I built over the weekend. And then uh, I just kept building it, you know, over the weekend, nights and weekend. And uh, finally, we launched in 2000 and I think it was the end of 2015 at a time. Uh, we probably had about 500 users uh, that month. And uh, today we had we have about uh, 35,000 users. Great job. Let's let's talk about that the hacking. Let's go back to that weekend um, where you sat down and you wanted to build something. Why did you think about doing this? Was it a personal frustration of finding housing as an international student, or or, or has it always been on your mind even before you came to the states? Yeah, actually, when I came to Colorado for few, the first few years, I was um, you know finding the right housing. Uh, because, you know, I was in Vermont and I was trying to find the right housing in Colorado. And, you know, it was a struggle for me because I didn't know anyone here. Um, there was a trust issue. Uh, I didn't really trust Craigslist at a time. Uh, and, you know, just lack of resources of where to go. I, I went to and applied to a few apartments. And um, because I was an international student, uh, I didn't have the right credential to apply such as, you know, they require uh, three times the rent because you don't have, you know, they couldn't run the background check on the uh, on the students. Um, and it was on, on um, my personal background, you know, they couldn't run it because I didn't have the right credits at the time. So it was very complex. Um, you know, essentially, I can imagine if the student were still in their home country, how even they go about applying to a place here to, to live. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, based on my, my personal hardship and struggles. And I think through this, my personal experience, I could use this to help the students. Um, and based on my research, there are about a million international students coming to the United States since 1975. Uh, I mean, it has been increasing over time. 
So this platform I'm building, you know, I would love to help other people based on my experience and my struggles, uh, because now I know how it is, how difficult it was to find housing and how I managed to get around that issue and be able to find uh, a safe place to live in the United States. Uh, so that's where the idea coming from. It's my, based on my personal story. Personal story. So you, you had this idea um, based on your personal frustration that became the catalyst to sit down and take action. And over the weekend or so, you coded the first version of RoomDoc and uh, started out small. I think in 2012, you and I sat down and galvanized, I think, and mm -hmm. um, uh, gave you a little bit of feedback. Hopefully that feedback worked. But you had an interesting challenge of, of trying to acquire um, international customers. Um, and I think I mentioned some some growth hack um, suggestions and, and even some SEM suggestions. Hopefully that mm -hmm. worked. Um, yes. And then from there, uh, so so is it, who did you build the entire site? The site is beautifully done. Did you outsource that? Um, did you hire additional employees? How did you get to where you are right now? Yeah. So initially it was just me. Um, I had, um, you know, for the first five months, you know, I basically built it nights and weekend and was able to get the basic MVP, the prototype where it was, um, wasn't perfect, but it was good enough for the customer to be, to be using and able to ask for some feedback. And then after we grew to about a thousand users, then uh, I decided to start outsourcing. So my uh, very first VA, um, uh, she was from uh, Philippine. Uh, so she, you know, stayed with me for uh, quite a few few years. Um, and then uh, I basically built the entire site myself because I'm a software developer. So I didn't see the need to go and spend money. Although uh, in a couple a couple of times I decided to just outsource a small uh, plugin that I just didn't have time to do it to, you know, a developer in, uh, in, in Philippine, but, uh, you know, pretty much I was, um, able to build, uh, the IT side of things, uh, myself. And then I had hired about a couple, uh, marketing guy to help me with, uh, SEM, uh, SEO, uh, as well, the social media, uh, marketing, um, and, you know, through that uh, partnership, we were able to connect with uh, some universities here in town. So uh, for the last couple of years, we have partnered with uh, Colorado School of Mines. Uh, there's, they have a big partnership with um, university in Saudi Arabia. So we've been helping their students, um, probably about 100 of students from Saudi Arabia to find an apartment here in, in, in Golden. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, been growing organically. Uh, we haven't spent, uh, a lot of money on the SEM and, you know, the, the paid marketing yet. Uh, but you know, so far has been a word of mouth, uh, Facebook marketing, um, you know, connecting with the school, um, meeting with, uh, ambassador of, you know, different countries that are located in Denver. Uh, been, you know, we've been emailing uh, a lot of universities around the United States. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, uh, you know, I can say that uh, they found us through a Google search. Uh, so that's where we are today. Um, the site was pretty much free for the first 
a couple of years. And uh, this year, uh, about three months ago, we decided to monetize it. So now we are on the growth mode to be able to scale to the next level. So I'm really excited about, about wh where we are today. And, and how are you going to monetize it? Are you, um, it sounds like, it's a, for, for example, the, uh, the School of Mines, I think you mentioned, um, you work with international students, you help mm -hmm. them find a place. Mm -hmm. um, now take a, a commission or a cut of the total rent, or how does that work? Yeah, so our services, um, what's really unique about what we offer is, uh, you know, besides connecting the students with the apartments or the uh, just a landlord that has a spare bedroom in their home, we provide a mom-style support. And uh, what I mean by mom-style support is we provide uh, services for the student for, you know, if they need help with bookings, you know, sometimes the lease is about 13 pages and just they have no clue how to even go about it. <laughs> they don't know how to transfer the payment to the apartment. And as a result of that, sometimes they, uh, they, they lose the opportunity to, to rent because it's taking so long. So we provide this um, booking system for the students so they can pay us, they can um, uh, utilize our services for you know, translation of the lease if they want to. They, we will guide them in, in the right place on um, you know, what kind of uh, things that you need once you get here, like a utility activation, uh, airport pickups, uh, so the whole nine yards. Uh, so with that, um, we charge the students uh, for those extra services that we provide. And on the apartment side, we um, charge the commission. Um, so, you know, they uh, would pay us up to 50% per, per booking of the first month rent. And on the whole side, uh, you know, just let's just say you have uh, spare bedrooms, you want to rent out a couple of bedrooms that you would like to rent out. Then we will take care of all the uh, all aspect of renting for you, such as a background check, uh, as well as the deposit collection and the first month rent. So by the time they arrive in the United States, you already know who they are. You can uh, utilize our field chat chatting system so you can see who they are. Uh, we will collect the you know the whole deposit and monthly uh, rent in the beginning for you. So. Uh, once they arrive to your house, then we will disperse that fund to your account three days after that. So it's similar to Airbnb, but for the long, long-term um, renting. And every month we will just be collecting a monthly rent for you, and that uh, that side will cost the landlord about seven percent. So we cut seven uh, percent off every transactions. Got it. Got it. And, and you said you started doing that about three months ago and you're, and you're seeing, um, some, some positive revenue. Yeah. Yeah. We start to, um, you know, like this month we have about 10 bookings so far and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, going to continue grow. Uh, of course, through that, there is also a growing pain <laughs> because, you know, um, the system is not completely, um, working hundred percent yet. You know, there's a lot of bugs that we need to, uh, work on. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of things that, um, that, that need to be worked on that wasn't a very smooth experience for our users yet. So, you know, we are kind of fixing them as, as we go. Um, but within these three months, yes, we have seen some revenue going up from, you know, making no money at all to something. Well, good work. So, so this has been a good couple of years. Um, you're working hard. 
you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, specifically in the real estate space, listen to this this podcast. Um, and, and I ask this to a lot of my guests. If there's one thing that you would recommend to any aspiring entrepreneur, whether getting into the real estate space or any other space, what would that be? So if I were to start this business over again um, a couple of years ago and knowing what I know now, um, one thing that I will be doing is I will be doing the business development and the, the um platform development at the same time, um, at the same time. So, because I end up making so many mistakes. Um, there are a lot of assumptions that I made based on what I know. And until I speak to, to the users, you know, until I meet with the host and get their feedback. Um, I had one event where I uh, arranged the meeting between the students and the host, and they were sitting on the opposite side of the table <laughs> and uh, one rule that i had uh, for them was they're not allowed to talk directly to the to each other they have to go through the system so i was able to observe how they use the system and what they're thinking you know and it was the mind opening to me that um you can make one assumption uh but until you show the user your product and observe how they use it that's the truth, right? And they were able to give me a very honest feedback. Uh, so we, if I were to do it again, uh, I would get out of my house more and talk to these users uh, maybe once a month and show them the uh, updates, what we have done for that month and get the feedback and then reiterate again and again and again. Uh, the mistake that I had was I spent about the whole year uh, building this platform uh, and get, you know, I was getting very little feedback from the users uh, and I didn't realize that I should have done it like early on. <laughs> so I have made so many mistakes and I end up wasting a lot of uh, features that I thought was important uh, and it wasn't that important. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's what I would, I would do if I would to do it again. That is, that's great advice. That, you know, this is probably one of the things that um, leads to beginning entrepreneurs giving up. Um, is, is, is they have assumptions and most of the time those assumptions turn out to be wrong. Um, or at least some of them turn out to be wrong and you're absolutely right. You need to get out. You need to validate your product. You need to talk to your, your, your customer or your potential customers, get their feedback because you're so right. You get all these, what's called feature creep mm -hmm. and one feature leads to another feature and you may not even have any customers on it, but you think that's the right way to go or your management team thinks it's the right way to go. And the customers are saying nothing. Yeah. So that is that could have saved you a year, like you said, a year in development. Um, and I would agree with you for any entrepreneurs out there, um, validate your product. And nowadays you can validate and you can get information directly by talking to your customers uh, like, like exactly what, what Smitty just did, what's said and, and sat down with them. You can, you can do, uh, you know, surveys and there's, there's sites out there like SurveyMonkey and even Google surveys where you can reach a, an entire audience of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 potential customers and, and get their feedback, um, on different logo designs, on different feature sets, on different 
products that you want to launch on even pricing. So mm-hmm. I, I agree 100 percent that that's that's um, that's something that everyone should actually do. Bottom line, get out and talk to your customers. And now one one epiphany that I had by talking to this uh, host and, you know, these people are, you know, they're pretty um, successful. You know, uh, I talked to a lot of doctors, a lot of physicians in Denver area. And uh, all they want to do is, you know, have some fun. They they uh, had a spare bedroom. They would like to uh, experience a cultural exchange. And uh, by talking to them, I was able to understand their pain points, you know. And I kept writing down even the word by words that they were saying, such as hassle-free, um, uh, seamless, um, you know. And, and I kept using those words in the copy, um, right. you know, I, I want to go take a multiplication because now I can have my house paid off uh, sooner. And uh, <laughs> right. I, when I changed the copy on the host page, using their own word, using my customer own words, and that makes a lot of difference. I mean, they, they it increased our conversion and uh, it's like you're speaking with them to them, right? You're speaking directly with their own words and it's very, pretty powerful. Uh, so that's one thing that I also gaining gaining from talking to these users. That, that's that's another great um, example of using your customer uh, personas. It sounds like you use your own customers, figured out who they were, what type of demographic they are, yeah. their psychographic, what their needs and their wants, their fears, mm-hmm. and then and, and not just by guessing or even looking at data, but actually talking to them, and then taking their own words, their own language of fear of what motivates them and using that in your copy. And you're absolutely right that those are the websites that convert the highest. Mm -hmm. When you have your customer personas down and you're able to um, reach those specific customers, that that works 100%, not 100% of the time, but that works really, really, you know, most of the time, it works quite well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, as a fairly added service that we um, recently added as well is we provide $100,000 in insurance coverage. So let's say if the tenant moves in and, uh, you know, if there's anything that happens because of the tenant's uh, fault, then uh, we provide the render insurance to cover the, the damage uh, to the uh, homeowner's uh, home. And this, you know, this um, give our homeowners also peace of mind that if anything happens, that it could be, it will be covered under our insurance. Uh, so that's another added value benefit that we provide to our homeowners, besides just collecting the monthly payment from uh, the, you know, the, the homeowners. Right, and and that and that's probably came from the fear. A lot of these customers were saying, "Hey, what if this happens? What if this happens?" You know, that happens- yeah, what if this happens? What if someone destroys my house? Yeah, Airbnb does something similar, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, so, so that that eliminates that objection of I'm not going to buy from you, or I'm not going to post my my room for rent to international students on your site because I fear that they're going to destroy my home. It, it could be completely irrational, but right. you're eliminating that fear by having up to a hundred thousand um, dollar insurance policy on their on their exactly. Great stuff. Yeah. Wow. I wish we had uh, another hour, but uh, <laughs> Smitty, it was great. Thank you so much for sharing RoomDoc with us and, and, and helping the entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast 
on, on some of the things that they can do to help save some time and, and reach their target audience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today, Dan. It was a pleasure. They can do to help save some time and, and reach their target audience. Thanks for listening. Go to rentbits.com forward slash podcast for show notes and more.